Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marry Abroad Simply podcast. My name is Sam, and as one of the owners of the company, we like to do these kind of mini podcasts just explaining briefly certain different aspects of marrying abroad simply. And today we're going to talk about the documents needed to get married in Denmark. I'm going to start with just a little bit of history. So back in January 2019, the process of applying for marriage in Denmark completely changed. Prior to this date, you would make the application to marry directly to the town hall that you needed, that you wanted to marry in. Now, each of the town halls asked for different types of documents, which made it good for the couples in some way, because then if they didn't have one document that one town hall was asking, then they could go to a different town hall. But as you can probably tell, there wasn't much consistency throughout the country. As the marriage industry in Denmark grew and grew and grew and became extremely popular, um, the, the EU started to take a look at it and thought, hmm, this needs to be controlled a little bit more because this is allowing um, what they call pro forma marriages. So some people uh, marrying an EU citizen in order to gain EU residency. So in 2018, that it came into force in 2019, the Danish government decided to reform the Agency of Family Law. Now, this is part of the Danish government, and this is the office that would look off after adoption and children and family court issues. So now we have a new department within that the Agency of Family Law, which is the Department for International Marriages. And here we are. So, The documents that we now need, now being today is January 2024, it is different to what was initially asked for back in January 2019. And some documents have been added, some documents have been taken away, some have been added, taken away and then added again. Um, documents such as birth certificates and marital status certificates and legalization aspects on some documents. It has all changed. So today we're going to go from what is required and what is expected it from January and 2024. So here we go. A completely correct and up to date, 100% accurate and what you need in order to get married in Denmark in 2024. So First things first, we'll talk about the ID that you need. The ID that you need to send for your application or with the application is different between EU citizens and non-EU citizens. So for EU citizens, you can send either your EU ID card, we need both sides of that, or every single page of your EU passport. For non-EU citizens, we will require every single page of your passport. Now, for the passports, this includes the outer cover, the inside of the outer cover, all the empty pages, even if they're blank. And also, for a note in passports, we need to have three months validity from the date of the ceremony. So, if you're marrying in July, then your passport will at least have to have a validity into October of that year. After the ID documents, then we also then need to determine your residence documents. So if you are non-EU citizen and you are living within the EU, 
then we need to have your residence permit or your D-type visa, which will be in your passport. If you are a non-EU citizen and you are coming to Denmark to marry on a Schengen tourist visa, then we need to have that visa in your passport for when we make the application. And the visa must have validity for the date of the ceremony that you're wanting to marry on. If you are from a country, for example, Brazil or Albania uh, or the UK, who has a 90-day visa-free period, then you can marry with that just with your passport. However, we do have to make sure that we check the dates on the EU entrance and exit stamps within the passport because we have to make sure that you are not over the 90-day within the 180-day period that this 90-day visa-free period allows. Also, if you are a citizen on a 90-day visa-free, then you may make the application three months before the wedding date. You actually have to make sure also that there is no overstay um, on the day of your wedding because these are checked and counted by the registrar before you married. If there is a known overstay or they can see that you've overstayed, then they will not be able to go ahead with the ceremony. So that's really, really important that you don't overstay, that you check that you've got all your stamps coming in and out and things like that. But we can look after that. When we do the initial document verification, we will obviously count all this and we will always make sure that, that that's all right. So we've covered the ID and also the entrance to the Schengen, the residency rights into Denmark and into the Schengen. Now, there are no marital status documents required and there are no birth certificates required whatsoever for any of the people or either of the couples that are getting married. The next thing we have to think about is if you are registered as living together. Now, this is not a requirement that you are registered as living together, but if you do, we have to document that and we will document that with a utility bill or a bank statement or anything that has your name and address on. And it can also be two separate documents, uh, one for each of you. We know nowadays it's not often that you will both have your names on the electricity bill or a phone bill or things like that. We can also accept your address registration certificates. A lot of European countries um, will issue these to their residents, um, whether they're citizens of the country or not. Um, as in German, it's called an Anameldung. Excuse my pronunciation. So it's not a problem if you're not living together. This is purely just a, an administrative issue. If you have children together and both of your names are on the birth certificate of the child, then we will also need a copy of the birth certificate. This does not need to be translated. It does not need to be legalised. It's for birth certificates, it's fairly obvious, you know, what it is, name of the mother, name of the father, name of the child, date it was born. So there's no need for any translation or anything like that. So then we all very simple. Now we get on to the more complicated thing. We get on to divorce decrees or death certificates. So if you've been married before, if you were either divorced or widowed, then we do need to document this in the form of a full and final divorce decree or a death certificate. Now, we'll firstly go into divorce decrees, because this can be quite complicated, because a divorce decree is different from each country to each country. The way that divorce is reported is different. However, the document that we have 
has to be a document that says that the marriage is dissolved from that date forward. There is no period um, for either parties to appeal and the marriage is, it's the full and final divorce decree. And this piece of paper needs to be stamped and signed by the judge and the stamp and signature needs to be on that. There's various other items that need to be stamped um, and sealed from various different countries, which obviously I can't go through each of them here. But when you get in touch, if you have a divorce, send it over to your wedding coordinator and they will be able to let you know really, really quickly. Some countries, the divorce document and the death certificate will need to have extra legalisation, be it in form of an apostle stamp. If the country where the document was issued is not part of the Hague Convention, then it will need to have a three-step legalisation process, which is the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Ministry of Justice and the Danish Embassy in the issuing country. Again, this can get complicated, so please speak to your wedding coordinator. It changes and it varies and it is so, so different. Um, and then on to death certificates, then obviously a death certificate is a death certificate. But again, depending where the country of issue, then it may need some legalisation and some extra stamps on it. So again, send it through to your wedding coordinator and they will be able to let you know exactly. Divorce decrees and death certificates do need to be translated into either English, Danish or German either of those three languages, um, it doesn't matter. Whichever one is easiest for you. So those are all the documents. That's all you need. You don't need any more official documents. So it's ID. You've got to think about your ID, your entrance or your residence, and if you've been previously married. Now, if you remember, I was talking about the reason why the Agency of Family Law was developed in 2019, and this was to stop pro forma marriages. Now, part of the application is the relationship document. Now, this part of the application makes couples really scared, really nervous. Some couples love it um, and really enjoy going through it. Some couples just don't know what to send or things like that. Don't worry about it. We will help you entirely through the process. We will send you a guide. We will let you know what we have, if it's enough, what else we need and everything else. Basically, this relationship document, now I hate to use the word evidence, but that's exactly what it is that we're doing here, is that we are evidencing that the relationship has longevity, that you do know each other, that you are a true couple, that you are involved in each other's lives. Having said that, again, there are lots of different circumstances where couples have had a short relationship. Uh, but they are, in fact, a couple. And again, the relationship document, we can speak very generally about it. If you've just met, don't worry about it. Get in touch and we will assess the situation for you, what you need, whether we think that it be passed or not. Basically, the relationship document is a short synopsis, how, why, where, when you met, how the relationship developed. And then we back this up with evidence, dated photos, dated messages, dated emails, dated call logs, just something to show that you are in a relationship. We'd like to send um, evidence through from the last 18 months. I always ask for maybe one piece for every month. But again, there's so many different ways that, that you can present this and send the information through, get in touch and we'll send you a guide. 
as I said, some couples really, really love this and really love going down memory lane and looking at all the old photos and looking at all the old the old text messages and things like that. So some people, it's a really, really lovely. And in fact, and they they asked me to send it back to them so they can keep it and they can, you know, they can send it to their friends and family and, and, and things like that. So, yeah. After a relationship document, then there are just two forms that you need to fill in and sign. There's uh, the application form that we ask you to, to complete and fill in with all the bits. This is a standard application form. And it's, it's a print off of the application form online when we make the actual application. And then there is the power of attorney. Now, the power of attorney is a form which just gives us power of attorney to speak to the agency of family law. It gives us nothing, no rights to do anything else but just to act on your behalf. These two pieces of paper need to be printed off and signed and dated by hand. And that's it. Those are all the documents that you need. So if you have any questions, please remember that everybody's situation is different, really completely different. So if you have any questions whatsoever, get in touch. Interest at mariabroadsimply.com. Somebody will get back in touch with you within the hour normally, unless it's midnight because we do need to sleep sometimes. Um, and then we can help you with your specific situation, your specific documents and get your documents list super, super quickly. So you know where you are and if it's possible for you. So that was Sam. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope I didn't speak too quickly and um, I will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.